What is up, you guys? Welcome back. We have a special guest on the show today. Her name is Sina Wheeler, and she is a co-founder of Sina Sea, which is a company that brings wild Alaskan seafood directly to your door. And we just have a great chat, and we just dive deep into understanding um, the benefits of incorporating high quality fish into your diet. And we also talk about, you know, what makes fish high quality, how to find that high quality stuff. And she gives you some really good things to look for to make sure you are getting the best fish um, into your diet nutritionally, but also by giving you the most sustainable option as well. So we're gonna talk about all of that And we also talk about um, just the importance of having fish in your child's diet and how to get your kid to like fish as well. So it's a great episode. Before we get started, I just want to remind you if you have not finished your Christmas shopping yet, which if you're a normal person, you probably haven't finished it yet. But if you're someone like my mom, she is literally done with all her Christmas shopping. And I'm recording this on the first day of December. So yeah, my mom is done. But if you're a normal person like me, we're not done. We are, you know, in the midst of Christmas shopping. And if you want a great gift for maybe a friend or family member, or maybe even yourself. I buy myself Christmas gifts. Um, I highly recommend looking into Toops & Co. Organic Makeup and Skincare. Oh my gosh, I absolutely love them. I've been obsessed with their Tallow Balm lately, Um, especially with this super dry weather. I've been using it. It just moisturizes your face and your hands, wherever you want to put it, Um, without like getting oily or anything. It smells awesome and it just works great. Like I'll put it on in the morning and I'll literally be, I'll literally be good all day. Um, I just love it. And then their makeup is great too. I've been wearing their mascara and my favorite is their primer and their um, foundation. I wear the shade Magnolia, um, but they have so much more. They have um, so much more makeup and then they have a bunch of really great organic skincare items as well. So if you guys have not ordered from them yet, you can use my code BREADTHERAPY10 at checkout to get 10% off. Otherwise, um, if you would like uh, to support me, you know, use my affiliate link, which is the link in the show notes, um, and shop through there. But I just love Tubes & Co. Organics. I don't talk about products that I don't use or back up 100%, and they are just, you know, high quality, made in the U.S., like handmade, hand like these small batches. Um, and I just, I love what they're about, but I also just love their products and using their products. I use them every day. So yes, you can go to toopsandco.com slash Miranda Lee, and that's my affiliate link, which again, I appreciate if you guys um, support me by using that link, but also you can use Bread Therapy 10 at checkout for 10% off your order. All right, you guys, let's get started with this episode. I'm Miranda Lee, and you're listening to the Bread Therapy Mama podcast, a show created for moms who want to feed their families foods that heal them, not hurt them. Food was meant to be our medicine, and the best way to do that is by focusing on the ingredients, not the calories. Here, you'll find everything you need to know about holistic nutrition sprinkled with some motherhood, faith, and non-toxic living along the way. I can't wait to grow with you. Let's dive in.
Hello, Sina. Welcome to the show. Hi, thanks for having me. I'm so excited for our conversation because like we were talking about before I hit record, um, I've never really had anyone come on to talk about something so specific like this, which is going to be fish. And I think there's a lot of things um, like that go around that some people can be a little nervous when it comes to fish, like, uh, you know, uh, it probably ends up going back to like the quality of fish, but you know, like what's in my fish, what type of fish should I have? Like, how much should I eat it? And these are all things that we're, um, that we're going to talk about. So I'm excited about that. But before we get started, can you, um, introduce yourself to the audience and tell them who you are and what you do and how you got to where you are here today? Uh, yes. Um, I will, I'll go way back. (laughs) Don't let me ramble on though. Um, my grandfather immigrated from Norway um, with his brothers. Well, they each came one at a time. And um, in Norway, they were fishermen um, for uh, basically as many generations as we can see. And um, when they came to the United States, they came to the West Coast and they fished. So when when another brother came, they got another boat and they um, uh, they were great fishermen. And they kind of just had this family unit. And so that was my grandfather. And then my mom, her husband kind of got brought in and taught to fish um, the Norwegian traditional way. They were longliners. So they fished all the way from back then. They fished, we've seen their logbooks. They fished from Alaska down to Mexico. And they fished most of the year. It was, it was definitely their lifestyle. Um, and my dad took over the boat and he fished up in Alaska for while I was growing up. And then now, and then my husband started fishing for my dad. And so I say fifth generation fishing family, because that's what I have records of. You know, I have in the eulogy of my grandfather, my great grandfather is talking about learning to fish from his father, but my parents are, they go, uh yeah five that's nothing it's probably 300 generations so um and that's commercial fishing so what we do here in the states is um mostly out of alaska we live in the state of washington and we my husband fishes in alaska so that's kind of um a different lifestyle is it's people go oh wow sometimes it they it seems a bit a bit quaint like wow people are still out there doing that fishing lifestyle but that is where the fish comes from and when you're when you're eating salmon it was caught on a small boat with one or two guys you know our copper river salmon is one or two guys at bristol bay might be a little bit more but that's how fish is still caught wow yeah i mean you don't hear you don't hear that very often you kind of think it's you know those big giant ships with like so many people and large nets and stuff so Mm -hmm. wow that's awesome so you um so you guys started selling your fish, um, right? Okay, well, that's a whole nother story. <laughs> <laughs> so my husband's been fishing for probably over 25 years now. I actually have a master's degree in food science. And um, while I was getting my degree, I just, I got it in fish because it was like, it, it, it was so obvious to me. I didn't really plan to go into fish, but it was like, oh yeah, I, the professor needed someone that could go on a fishing boat and collect samples. And I was like, yeah, no problem. So I actually studied the omega-3 content of albacore tuna, West Coast albacore tuna. So 
at the time I didn't realize how, um, how much in line <laughs> that would be when my life came full circle. Cause then I worked corporate at a national food company and that's what really my food science degree uh, trained me for, you know, doing R and D, um, doing dry mixes in boxes, um, you know, brownies and things like that, which I loved the job, but, um, that lifestyle ended up being kind of a, a disconnect, you know, the full-time lifestyle, my husband's fishing, uh, by the time we had three kids, I just said, that's it. We moved out to, um, a rural cabin and just said, <laughs> forget, it. <laughs> you know, just the, the kind of cor corporate city life just was, was like, okay, done that, you know, let's try something else. And it wasn't until I quit my job uh, we were home, Rich was fishing. Um, we had three kids that I really, um, kind of had the time to, um, delve into my kids and nutrition and take the time to make the homemade foods and, and really kind of, um, look a little closer. And what I found was around that time, we discovered that my son was having food allergies. So start taking him around and my uncle was a naturopath and take him there. And we realized it was gluten and dairy. Um, there was kind of this point in my mind uh, where Rich was gone. I have a one-year-old, a four-year-old, a seven-year-old. I took him to my uncle. He says, yes, that they're all sensitive to wheat and dairy. And I'm like, oh, <laughs> what do I feed them? Like literally for dinner tonight. <laughs> What? Um, and here I am with a nutrition degree and a food science degree. And I'm kind of going, um, let me let me think about this. You know, it was it was a challenge. And what I ended up doing was just relying on our freezer of wild Alaskan fish that we always had. We'd always been eating fish. I just hadn't been sort of leaning into it as hard as, mm -hmm. okay, I just kind of went back to the drawing board and went, well, what can we eat? Fish, vegetables, you know, a little grains, rice and oatmeal. Okay. Well, I can build off that. <laughs> and so it was really born out of a time when it was like, scratch everything. I'm going to kind of rethink how to um, feed my kids. And, um, after doing a few years of that, um, is when we kind of started seeing a scene. It was really on this, this idea of this freezer full of fish has helped us. And we have, we have literally healed our children. Now fast forward, they're teenagers and their guts have healed. And, um, I couldn't have done it without that resource, you know? And so, uh, or I felt like that was what I had used. So, so Cena C was born out of going, well, you know, there's probably other people that would really like and appreciate a wonderful source of wild Alaskan fish that they know where it was caught, how it was caught, how it's been treated, you know, exactly what it is. And um, so we started Cena C and that is a um, the direct sales of the fish to people's door. So it's really trying to get that fish, you know, just not everybody get, even has a grocery store that carries fish that they can really count on the quality. So um, that was kind of our mission to get fish direct to people's doors. And that proved to be pretty difficult in the beginning. <laughs> really? Oh man. Yeah. I'm sure that's like 
a whole new world getting you know actually selling the fish like to people's doorsteps and stuff yeah so there's a lot the of shipping. moving parts yeah yeah there's the kind of the marketing and talking to people and and realizing you know all of that side just just what are people wanting and mm-hmm. then there was um we're shipping frozen fish to people's doors and so then there was just the learning curve on how to get that right um, and that, mm-hmm. that took a bit, but, you know, we feel really confident now. And now that's a huge asset to our business um, that we can get frozen fish people's door and with premium quality. And we've put the time in and figured it out. Yeah, that's awesome. Because that's such a good point. People, a lot of people don't have access to like high quality fish. And I feel like people are either in one or two groups, either they're just buying low quality fish and that's what they eat. Or they're just avoiding it altogether. And there's that third option of getting it delivered to your door, high quality, easy peasy like that. Yeah. And, and that's, and, and there's a lot of questions around fish, you know, like how was it sourced? And then you, you see these horror stories of, of, of fishing practices and okay, well, I don't know. So I don't know, you know, how was it sourced? Is this the right kind of fish to buy? Okay. I'm going to buy it. Well, what type of fish? should I buy? Okay. What do I do when I get it home? How do I prepare it? How do I cook it? Okay. Got all that. Now, how do I get my kids to eat it? (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. So, so let's start, um, at the beginning of actually like getting your fish. So how do you know, like what fish is high quality? Like what should we be looking for? I know you see on different labels, like there's farm fish versus wild fish, um, I know there's so many different like like little stamps, you know, they're mm-hmm. saying, oh, mm-hmm. we're qualified through this or that. Yeah. And, and I don't know, a, a lot of it could be green greenwashing and stuff, which is which is hard where you don't know what's actually good and what's just marketing. So, yeah, I would definitely say um, and, and I'm, I'm biased on this. I go wild. Number one, just look for wild fish um, because farmed fish is you just don't know it could say they've put a lot of words around farm fish like sustainable and natural or even organic but the truth is these these pens and the living situation of the fish is just not the same they're not even fully genetically the same and then they're fed pellets and uh, to get the color they're fed dyes and I mean maybe some of them are organic but it doesn't get them away from the fact that they're not out there eating what's in the ocean and they're not out there swimming and moving their bodies. So even the omega-3s, a lot of times it can be more, um, you know, the omega-3 to omega-6 ratio is off. So it's like, okay, they have a high omega-3s, but your body isn't, it doesn't do the same thing. So number one is just, um, I believe that you want wild if you're looking for something healthy for your body. Um, And wild is, Okay, I'll I'll say this wild and caught in the United States because we have good regulatory laws. I, I know that people worry about the sustainability of fishing, but we have sustainable fishing practices. So when you're buying um, American caught wild fish, there's sustainable practices put into place that are followed. So that's 
one really nice thing for people to know. Okay, that takes that question of like, am I doing the wrong thing here? Am I supporting the wrong type of industry? Some gigantic international ship that's like, you know, raking the bottom. That's not how American fishing is done. Uh, so that helps. Wild, U.S. Um, and then one step deeper is Alaskan. And and yes, we fish Alaskan. So that's, you know, it's like tooting our own horn. But why I say that is because Alaska has never allowed farmed fish in the state of Alaska. Because it, the, the far, fish farming can kind of like it can soil the population of the wild fish. So it's often done in the same river and then the, they can get out and there's fish lice and there's um, problems. So it, it affects the wild stocks. So there's no wild, wild, I'm sorry, there's no fish farming in Alaska. So if you see Alaskan caught, you're like, okay, I know it's wild. I know it's caught in the U.S. with our laws and regulations and um, there's no fish farming allowed. So that kind of does give you that peace of mind. Um, and that's not an Alaskan commercial. <laughs> no, that's so good to know. I, I didn't know about the different um, like laws and regulations like here versus, you know, wherever, like outside of the United States where a lot of people probably, you know, get their fish. Because, um, you know, I've seen many documentaries where it's basically saying like, we need to stop eating fish now if we want the population to survive. So what's your take on that? Like the sustainability aspect of fish, like should we only be eating it from a sustainability aspect? Should we only be eating it a certain number of times, like a week, a month, whatever? Um, is the fish population going to, you know, be extinct in however many years that they say? Like, what's your take well, on that? I have a totally opposite take on it, which you might suspect, <laughs> but I, and I'll back it up. And my, I say, eat wild to save wild. So if you just think of it in terms of economics, there are wild runs in Alaska. So these big rivers that have thousands of pounds of salmon returning all by themselves. They do it without our influence. We don't have to like plant the eggs, <laughs> add, you know, any <laughs> inputs. They do it all by themselves. It's natural and wild. Bristol Bay just had one, just had the biggest return ever recorded of wild salmon um, returning back to spawn. And so there have been a lot of sustainability practices put into play. And I think instead of going, hey, no, we should just not eat fish. If we did that tomorrow, the river, the fish that came back would actually, there'd be so much fish spawning. It would truly, it would foul the rivers and kill all the baby fish for years to come. It would acidify the rivers with all the fish spawn. So the commercial fishing in that we do has been kind of built into the population of fishing. I, I don't mean to go like way too far, but there's a certain amount of fishing that needs to happen so that the salmon don't return, spawn, all die in the river, acidify the river. And then it would be like four or five years of really low returns. So one thing is that the, the life cycle were kind of built in. And for two, I say, 
buy wild, eat wild, buy wild, it might cost a little bit more and that money goes back into the economy of wild salmon. And when those wild salmon are very valued, like you're talking about Copper River salmon, which are the best salmon on the planet, when people are willing to pay for that and they, they make the choice in the grocery store and say, I'm gonna buy wild and I'm gonna spend a little bit more than this farmed one, then that money goes into the whole economic system. And then guess what? It, the Copper River, there's no, there's no mining, there's no deforestation. There's, it's kept very pure because it has the most valuable fish returning to it. So when you, you're kind of like putting money into that system, then the efforts are into, oh, this wild salmon is the most important thing we have here. So let's keep the rivers clear. Let's um, support the habitat. So it puts into, so I would say, that um, as long as it's available and in your store, it's been caught sustainably. And if you are paying for it, you're kind of feeding the system. And I don't think there's a problem with that. <laughs> Does that make sense? I yeah. might have gone on and on too far. <laughs> no, no, no. So I think like what you're basically I don't want to sound saying... like an infomercial. <laughs> <laughs> no, 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 no. Because like, I, I love that that like, you know your stuff and like, that's what you're you're working in. You know, like that's your that's your world. You guys have been doing it for such a long time. And it, and it makes sense that like, you know, we shouldn't just stop eating fish and stop fishing altogether, but we have to put our money and whatnot into the high quality stuff. And that's going to help the sustainability. Is that, is that what I'm hearing? Exactly. Right. I mean, what every purchase you make, you're voting with your dollars, right? Yeah. You're saying I value this. And so Every when you when you buy wild, you're saying I value wild, and you're really saying I value wild salmon that comes from pure rivers and is managed for a great return. <laughs> you might not realize you're saying that every time you buy mm -hmm. wild. <laughs> so if people are doing, let's say, the exact opposite and they're buying like the cheaper, lower quality fish, not from the states. Um, is that contributing to kind of, you know, the downfall of the population of, of the fish? Like, is that stuff true that we are um, defining? So if, if you're buying kind of the, the, um, the lower quality at the grocery store or something like that, like, I, you know, I don't know, Chilean sea bass or something like that, you, you're probably supporting a, a fish farm maybe in Chile or something like that. Um, and there's a, a, I'm not saying they should all necessarily be shut down tomorrow either, but in terms of if you're just looking at yourself and going, I want to spend my money and do what's right for my health and that this purchase will support the environment. I think buying wild does that. We're putting just putting more money and more effort into the fish farming. It sort of takes away. So to me, yeah, buying wild, you're, you're getting a healthier product, a more natural and organic product. And then you're kind of supporting the right system. And, and people worry about, like you asked, how much should we eat and what if we're eating too much? But here's the beauty of the wild population with the sustainable fishing is um, basically it's like a, a cup. And first, they, they're counting the fish. First, they get the million pounds of fish going through the fish counters. And then we catch the excess. So with wild fish, if it's at the store, it's excess. 
if it's not at the store, it's not available. <laughs> mm, okay. And so sometimes there's a shortage of wild fish. Sometimes there's a lot. And so that's the, it's that natural, but really what, if it's there and available, then it's, um, you know, it's great to eat and it will support your family and be healthy and nutritious. Okay. Awesome. Yeah. That all makes sense. Um, from a sustainability standpoint, let's, let's move into like the nutritional, um, aspect of these fish, uh, which is probably totally your world having your, you know, your master's in nutrition. Um, so I guess let's talk about first why fish is good for you and why we should make it part of our, um, our normal diet. I don't know if, if I want to say daily diet, but part of our normal rotating diet that we're incorporating fish into. Yeah. And I would say that, you know, the American, um, I think it's the American Dietary Association, ADA suggests eating fish twice a week. So that's a really good, just kind of frame of reference. And the main reason that fish is just like everybody talks about fish is the high omega-3s. So that's the real biggie is those omega-3s. Omega-3 fatty acids are just um, super, <laughs> they're super healthy. <laughs> I have, I, I should have just like wrote my little list here, but, and I do have a bunch of blogs on it if anybody wants to check it out. But um, really high on the list is anti-inflammation. So omega-3s help with inflammation throughout your body. Omega-3s also um, help with, they have sort of like brain boosting effects. It's the fats that the, that the brain uses. So, um, really great for just brain health can help in even maintaining, um, healthy weight. Um, there are an essential omega-3 or essential fatty acids. So there's actually a, a really long laundry list. There's also just, um, mood boosting benefits of omega-3s. So, I usually talk about that in the middle of winter when it's kind of dark and people feel their mood kind of drop a little bit is, hey, get some omega-3s going and, and you know, get some mood boosting um, uh, benefits. And then it's just a, um, aside from the omega-3s, fish has a really clean and natural, great protein. So depending on the fish, but they have, you have halibut, which is a low, low fat fish, but it, it's just like, pure natural protein. So even fish that are a little bit lower in omega-3s just have that really nice protein and um, they're low in unsaturated fat. So uh, for omega-3s, it's really helpful. I mean, it's it's kind of awesome and I, and I apologize if I'm sounding like infomercially <laughs> today about fish. No. <laughs> um, the omega-3s and the fats is what makes it taste good. So like Copper River salmon has the highest fat. Fat is, it's like beef. The, the, the top grade has the most marbling in beef. And so that kind of makes the best beef. And in fish, it's really similar. It's about the omega-3s and the level of fat. So the fats make it the best tasting. But in fish, it's, it's omega-3 fatty acids. So it also makes it the healthiest. So it's kind of a real win-win with fish. And what about the, like, the whole bottom feeders? Like, those are what you should or shouldn't be eating. And then, like, the mercury content and that type of stuff with, like, salmon and tuna and, you mm -hmm. know, the larger fish. Um, 
is that different for, you know, wild caught or, you know, in Alaska? Is that something we should be worried about? Yeah, that's a real thing to think about. So when people contact me or ask about it, um, the, the biggest advice when you, if you want to avoid mercury content, and so mercury is a, a compound that is, is it's just stored. So bodies don't get rid of it. So um, if little fish have little bits of it, and then those get eaten by bigger fish, those it kind of compounds. And then you have a really big fish that eats all those fish. And say that really big fish lives a long time. It's eating those fish and it's just stored up in the flesh. And then when we eat it, it comes into our body and we keep it. So that's really what they're talking about. And you're right. It, if you're concerned about mercury, you you kind of want to avoid those long living bottom feeders. And and to be honest, halibut is, you know, can be a, a culprit there because halibut, the, the big mamas that are over like 200 to 300 pounds, um, they can live hundreds of years. And they have, by that time, eaten a lot of small fish. <laughs> so it's those really big halibut that can have mercury. And um, these days, you know, when we take Fresina C, it's it's still, yeah, halibut is one to watch out for, but um, we take the much smaller fish. So because my husband works at the processing facility, um, we, we grade it out and we take the smaller fish. So the smaller fish just haven't been um, living as long and they haven't been eating as many other fish that might have that mercury load. So we have found, and I've known people that have had it tested and looked and, and we've had our kids tested and we don't have, we eat all this fish and we don't have problems with the mercury, but I think it has to do with the right species. So on the halibut, we choose the smaller ones. And then the other thing is mercury and omega-3s are inversely related. So the higher the omega-3s in a fish, typically the lower mercury. So when you're looking, if you're concerned about mercury, you wanna look for fish that are high in omega-3s and have the shorter lifespan. So that leads you to something like salmon. Salmon's lifespan is like about four years, four or five years um, compared to halibut. And so, and they have the high omega-3. So something like salmon, short lifespan, high omega-3s, it's not so much an issue at all. Yeah, I've never really thought about the whole lifespan. I just thought about, you know, like bottom feeders versus, it's bottom feeders and what, top feeder, what's it called? <laughs> I don't even know. It, you're right about bottom feeders is a, it's kind of a term. They live on the bottom of the ocean, they just eat whatever, but I don't know what you call the rest. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. but Top feeders. <laughs> Yeah, so that's that's so interesting about like the the size and the age and stuff. So, um, yeah, and I didn't even know about the the relationship between the omega threes and the mercury. That's really good to know. Um, and yeah, and I feel like if in doubt, go get tested for your mercury levels. Um, because oh, yeah. if you guys have gotten tested and you know you guys are fishermen and you obviously eat lots of fish and you can tell by eating high quality fish that's you know regulated the way that it is that you guys aren't struggling with like mercury poisoning or anything like that so it just shows how important the quality is yeah totally and and I mean the caveat is some people are dealing with it so some people have been mm -hmm. tested and they have problems and, and so those people need to be probably more careful yeah 
Yeah, exactly. All right. So what are some of the um, benefits for omega-3s for kids? Oh, yes. Well, we like to call it, um, oh, what, what, oh, brain food. <laughs> I almost forgot. I need to eat some more. <laughs> <laughs> so when our kids have um, big tests or you get the note home, oh, we're going to be doing some testing, make sure the kids get a lot of sleep. And, and so that's when we, we go, oh, okay, well, you're going to need some brain food. So um, we think of the Copper River salmon is really high in omega-3s and also sable fish, also called black cod, is a white fish and it's really high in omega-3s also. It has, the omega-3s give it this rich, silky texture and really good flavor. But um, so I go, okay, well, we're going to need some black cod. And so um, just cooking up a nice dinner of, of fish, it, those omega-3s just go right in the oil. It's like giving, it's like greasing the machine. <laughs> <laughs> just get everything working really well. So it is great for brain health and it's great for kids. Have you ever had like an issue with your kids liking fish? I mean, I, I have a toddler right now and he's, he's cool with everything. Like he'll eat, he loves fish. He eats fish, but part of me is like, Hmm, is it just cause you don't know what it is? And when you get a little older, you're going to be like, yeah, I don't know if I want that. <laughs> Well, you know, for us, everybody's like, well, of course, your kids love fish, <laughs> but, yeah. you know, and of course, yeah, they, we've always eaten fish, but I think a big, big part of kids liking fish is how you serve it and kind of your attitude, like you're saying, yeah, well, you don't know yet. Well, let's just, let's just keep that narrative, you know, like, like just keep them not knowing then it's like when my kids were little. I, I cook Brussels sprouts and I, I love them. You know, I put a little balsamic on them. I, I think they're great. My kids love them. And I call them baby cabbages because there's jokes everywhere about kids hating Brussels sprouts. And yeah. I was like, I don't want them to be like, oh, wait, hold on. I'm a kid. I'm supposed to hate Brussels sprouts. <laughs> I call them baby cabbages. And my kids are teenagers now and they still love them because they taste good. <laughs> so I think a big part of it is just serving fish young. I mean, that's what we did. Yeah. Obviously, it was just what we were eating anyways, but serving fish young, serving fish with a smile and serving it without the caveat of, oh, you, you know, you might not like this, but why don't you have a bite? You know, I'd like to keep it really positive. And I have a lot of friends that come over and we have a lot of families come over and of course we cook them fish and uh, nine times out of 10, you know, the mom will go to me at some point and go, you know, I, I, I'm not sure that they'll eat the fish. And it's like, Hey, that's okay. But let's not put it out there. <laughs> yeah. And I hear, and I'm not trying to bash anybody, but, but I do hear parents as they're serving the fish on their plate, say things like, I'm not sure you'll like this. So here's just a little bit. Um, mm. and it's like, no need for that, <laughs> you know? So that's my first advice is just kind of taking away that the stigma around fish, it doesn't have to be something that they don't like and just the way it's communicated, even, even, um, you know, just not being kind of apologetic, like, Oh, I'm sorry, we have fish tonight, <laughs> you know? So just, just kind of providing it with a lot of positivity when we have families over, I kind of 
put it on the table very enthusiastically, like, you're going to love this. And then I talk about how Rich caught it and he's right here. And, and, you know, kids, that's the story behind it, but kids love that. Just like when they garden, they will eat more. We have a picture mm -hmm. of Rich face on every piece. He hasn't caught every piece because we have other fishermen, but it's still really fun. And I, it, kids just love that. They love to know a little more about it. And um, I found them to be very enthusiastic with, with given a more kind of positive approach. Um, yeah. And not to go on and on, but I also find that just serving it in lots of different ways, different types of fish. You know, sometimes when I cook fish, it's not the best. Like I have diets that I overcook it and I'm like, well, <laughs> You know, sometimes when I cook other foods, it's not the best. I mean, sometimes I don't have time. And so not putting as much weight on a single meal and going, oh, well, you don't like that because you didn't like it last time is sometimes we cut it into little bits and it's like little nuggets and we sort of saute it in the pan and put dipping sauces. And sometimes we have it in tacos and sometimes, um, you know, we have it on the barbecue. So just, I think people, it's easy to go fish. Oh, my kid didn't eat it. Um, and just remembering how many varieties of fish, how many recipes are out there, and that with kids, it's often just repetition and, oh, just keep trying. Yeah, and like you said, like, there's so many different ways to serve it and cook it and prepare it where it's like, I don't know, I mean, if I was a kid and my mom just put a, like, plain piece of salmon on my plate once a week I'd probably be like mm, that's lame like I don't want to eat that and yeah um I was looking through all the all the recipes on your website and there's so many good recipes and they're all so different so you know I really recommend um listeners go check it out I'll put um you know your website in the show notes and everything but like they're all so different and honestly like they don't really look that hard which is right. <laughs> which is a win yeah. that's um, a win and then, yeah. uh, you know, my other secret is I just, if I have a kid, you know, coming over and I, okay, yeah, they, they might not be super into fish, then I might have a side that I know they're going to like, because I just put it on their plates and go, you know, like, fine, eat what you want. And it's there. Yeah. And so that, that takes the pressure off too. If you're not feeling like, oh man, they better eat this fish tonight or they're going to starve. <laughs> it's like, yeah, have a few bites tonight, have a few bites next time and just keeping it really low key. Yeah. Yeah. I just think it's, you know, after hearing everything that you had to say about, about fish, it's, you know, definitely something to start young and it should be, you know, a part of our, our weekly diet because the, like the nutritional density of fish is, you know, is necessary, I think to our diets. And I feel like a, a lot of people, um, just kind of have like this little, like this little circle of like the types of foods or certain foods that they eat. And like, if we want to be healthier, have better gut health, um, you know, feed our brain and our muscles and stuff, we need to have more variety. So, you know, fish is definitely one that we should start incorporating more, especially with the higher quality and like the different types. Absolutely. Yeah. And there, and there's just remembering how much variety is really out there. Yeah. That's awesome. Where can our listeners reach out to you and, and find you online? They should go to our website, 
www.cnsc.com and jump on our email list. So that is a place, that's kind of where I put a lot of my effort is into our email list. I email and I talk about different types of fish. I talk about our lifestyle um, and just kind of introduce people to new things. Oh, do you have you tried halibut cheeks? Here's how you cook it, that kind of a thing. And then when you sign up, we also have a cookbook um, of our top family recipes because when I've worked at the farmer's markets and everything, whenever I talk fish, people go, well, how do you cook it? You know, and, and then they're like, no, how do you cook it? As a fifth generation fishing family, how do you cook it? So I have that um, quick cookbook is downloadable just with a few of our, our kind of tried and true family recipes to get people started. Cause I get it. There's a, there can be kind of a block sometimes around the cooking. And um, I just say, just go for it. You know, it is actually not that hard and you just have to just give it a try. Yeah. Yeah, totally. I will put that in the show notes. Um, like I was saying before, there's so many good recipes, um, on your website and on the blog, um, so much good information. And then of course your fish that, um, that people can buy, uh, do you ship like all across the United States? I'm assuming so if you if I got it all the way over in Virginia and you guys are in Washington slash Alaska. <laughs> yeah, so we ship we ship nationally. Um well ironically we don't ship to Alaska. <laughs> oh uh, we, we have some jars that are non frozen that we can ship to Alaska and Hawaii, but um Alaska we ship from Washington State. So we ship mm -hmm. overnight anywhere in, in the nation, but shipping overnight back up to Alaska turns out it was very hard because some places aren't accessible overnight. So if you're mm -hmm. in the lower 48 or contiguous US, then um, we'll get it to you overnight, no problem. We've got that pretty dialed in. Order anytime during the week and we ship on Mondays. So we'll, it'll just stack up even if you order on Monday and we'll ship it all out. Awesome. That is great. Well, thank you so much, Sina, for coming on the podcast. It was such a great top talk. And I hope that people reach out to you and order your fish and use your recipes because like you said, we need to support high quality U.S. local um, and Alaskan fishing, uh, wild fishing and not farmed fishing. So hopefully that can be like the biggest takeaway for everyone is you know, going toward wild instead of farmed, because I know like when I go to the store, um, that's like the biggest thing. It's like wild or farmed. And, you know, if we all just make that conscious decision to go for wild, just from listening to this podcast, I think it's going to be a big win for, for everyone. Awesome. I just really appreciate you having me on. And, and, um, Although I can go on and on about fish for a long time, <laughs> I am just so grateful to have this opportunity because like you say, that small takeaway, it can make a difference for somebody and, and taking some of that confusion out. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Because there's, there's just so much information just going around. So it's good to just sit here and talk to someone who literally lives with fish. So <laughs> who knows their stuff and, you know, I just think you have the best of both worlds of, you know, fifth generation, probably more um, in the fisherman world, but also the nutritional aspect um, with your degree in, in that as well. So yeah, a lot of good information. So thanks again for coming on. Thank you. Appreciate it. 
Thank you all for joining me in another episode of the Bread Therapy Mama podcast. If you like this kind of content, check out my blog for recipes, how-tos, product recommendations, and more. Just go to breadtherapymama.com. I'll see you all in the next episode.